The stories we tell communicate who we are and what we value. Each episode, we consider a different story from our perspective as women. From murder ballads to fairy tales, we discuss the power these stories have over us all. This is our history, both real and imagined, told through the eyes of today. This is Femlore. Hey, Mindy. Hi, Rach. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in there. It's starting to get cold here, and I'm very sad about it. But other than that... Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I, I desperately um, would love to go to a, a warm, sandy beach. <laughs> you could go to a cold, sandy beach if you wanted to go to the lake. <laughs> just just sure not advised. Could. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> not advisable. Well, hey, man, I have a great story to tell you today. And we have a really cool guest that's going to be joining us. I know. I can't wait. Yeah. So this week's story is The Lion's Whiskers. And um, it's a pretty cool story. And we, like I mentioned, we have a guest coming on to discuss it with us. Um, and the story pairs very well with the African Wildlife Foundation. And that's the leading international conservation organization focused solely on Africa. And for over 50 years, they've worked to ensure that the wildlife and wildlands of Africa will endure forever. So definitely join us in making a donation. We will be banking one um, when this episode drops. So awesome. All right, let's get into it. Sounds good. Can't wait to hear the story. Eshe had fallen in love and was now a newlywed. Kofi was a kind man who treated her well. She couldn't, though, think about how her happiness was born out of tragedy for Kofi and his little boy. Kofi's previous wife had died in giving birth to their son. Now, four years later, Kofi was finally ready to marry again and give his son a mother. Eshe had first seen Kofi at the market. The cacophony all but stopped as soon as their eyes met. They had dated and had quickly fallen in love. When she finally met Kofi's son, Hakim, his little arms were crossed defensively across his chest. Though only four years old, she could feel his ambivalence towards her. This would not do. She wanted him to love her like his mother, but little Hakim walked out of the room as soon as she entered. Eshe needed help. So, she went to the village doctor and told him that this child did not love her like she loved him. I can make a potion to make him love you, said the doctor. Yes, please, Eshe responded. But to make the potion, I need something very rare, said the doctor. Anything, said Eshe. I need a lion's whiskers. She almost fell back, steadied herself, and said, I want Hakim to love me, so I will get you the lion's whisker. That night, shaking not from cold but from fear, she went to the lakeside where the lion's tracks had been seen. She laid a piece of meat on the ground and waited about forty feet behind a tree. A lion approached, silent and invisible, then still and washed in the moonlight. He smelled Eshe but focused on the meat while staring at her direction. The next night, Eshe did the same thing. She left the piece of meat by the lakeside, but this time she moved in front of the tree in full view of the lion. Each night, Eshe moved closer, and two months in, she was ten paces from the lion. On the last night of the third month, she could reach out and touch the lion. She did so, grabbing a whisker with her fingers. The next day, she went to the doctor and presented the whisker. I have got it. Will you make the potion? I want Hakim to love me. The doctor smiled and replied, But there is no potion. You have shown great courage and patience. This is all you need to make Hakim love you. All right. Well, Rachel, I loved that story. And I'm so excited to introduce to our listeners, um, Victoria, who we have both followed for a very long time on Instagram. We love and appreciate her voice. Um, You can follow her as well on Instagram at FatFabFeminist. And Victoria, we would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. 
Well, hi guys. Um, excuse me. Thank you. I'm Victoria. Um, I have been running this feminist page for about four years. Um, I am a student at NYU studying politics and history. Um, and uh, that's all really about me. I'm a junior and I'm really glad to be here. Awesome. Well, we're so glad that you joined us and we're so glad you started your page. You're mm -hmm. impacting and helping so many people, us included. Um, and yeah, we're we're kind of fangirling that you're here with us today. Yeah, and we're so happy that you shared this story with us that you wanted to discuss it. So I didn't know um, if you wanted to tell us a little bit about when you first heard it or what the story kind of means to you, how you came to know it. Yeah, so when I was in middle school, um, I was in this club uh, that we actually just like, talked about folk stories. Um, it was like with my favorite teacher at the time um, in seventh grade. And I was like kind of like a little bit lame. So I was a person who like was always just sitting with the teacher talking. And she, you know, had this fascination with uh, fairy tales and folk tales. And um, she started this club and we started talking and she was like, you know, here's some like of my favorites. And this was one of the favorite stories. Um, and it just, it fascinated me uh, because this is an Ethiopian uh, folk tale and there's a lot of different versions of it. Um, so reading it when I was younger uh, was something that I just, I, I had like, never heard kind of a story like this before. Um, so yeah, this was just like the one that I was always like, um, talking about when I was telling other people about this club or um, like about like my teacher because again she was my favorite I would always say like um, the story and like them like a little like oh yeah I'm in seventh grade I'm really cool I like I have this all memorized um, <laughs> nice. so yeah that's <laughs> and did you, my um, favorite yeah did you uh, did you um, actually use the same variation of the story because I know there's like three different variations or at least that I could find is this the same one that you that you knew and discussed yeah, so this is, this is like, the, it, I don't think it's the exact same one as this. The one that I read was, like, in a book. It was, like, a lot more detailed and very, like, intense. And they went through, like, the, the three months was a lot longer. Um, but this is exactly like the same. The, the entire point is here. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it was, this one's a lot more condensed than the one that I, that I read when I was younger. But it's basically the same thing. And, um a lot, I think it's always interesting. Um, the village doctor is like the biggest difference because like for when I was reading it, it was like the magical witch, like lady. It wasn't like a, like a doctor. It was like some like late, like an older lady with like powers. Um, so that's like the biggest difference I see in all the versions. It's always a different person that she goes to, which I think is very interesting. And yeah. it's so interesting, of course. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but like, that an old woman who has special powers is always called a witch, right? Mm -hmm. Because people are afraid of her knowledge, her power. Um, but one quick question that I had for you is, so how has it kind of changed, you know, when you knew this story when you were younger, when you're kind of like re-looking at it now, did anything feel really different or stand out to you and like, oh, is this actually a little problematic or was it still, you know, like how did the story feel to you now coming back to it as an adult? I think, so the fascination that I had with folk tales when I was younger was I was like, there's a lesson here. Um, and I, I was very like cognizant of that as a kid. And I thought that like, this was like a very good lesson. Like, you know, 
we have to be patient and, you know, to try and understand other people and this, that, the other. And I was always very fascinated with like the, um, the morals that folktales told us. And I didn't focus on the way that they were told. So now, um, like when I'm reading it, it's very interesting to me that, you know, this, the, the main character is a woman who like the entire purpose of her character is to figure out a way to like deal with the men around her. Um, and I like never would have considered that at all as a kid. Um, and it's like not a big problem. It's just something that you notice now mm-hmm. as you get older. Totally. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think patience too really lends to a female quality. Uh, you exactly, know, yeah. and I think um, I do I actually really love the story. I'd never heard of it before. And I mm-hmm. like we've told all kinds of stories. So this is really cool to get like a different uh, a different story. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I hadn't actually heard this before. Um, but I do think it's interesting that she's expected to fix a relationship. And part of yeah. a relationship is a relationship, right? It's between two people. Mm-hmm. And one of the other variations of this was, you know, she um, she and her husband were having trouble. They were estranged. Um, and that version mm-hmm. feels a lot more problematic than the one that we told, which like, you know, yes, kids yes. kids can be mean, right? Actually, kids are probably mm-hmm. the meanest. <laughs> to and, and in this telling, it does make you kind of like feel for the child. Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. probably just... Yeah. Mourning the loss of his of his yeah. mother, yeah. Like, I get that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it you, is up to her. She's yeah. the adult, right? Right, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I I think that that actually is kind of like a beautiful telling of like just give mm-hmm. the child some room mm-hmm. and like continue yeah. to be there and continue to be patient. Um, but I also see how patience is such a thing. I mean, I feel like growing up too and. Um, I was always kind of one of my grandmas who I love dearly, but would always say patience is a virtue. And thinking back, I'm exactly, like, oh, is yeah. that something that's taught to little boys? I probably not, you know. Um, but I am not a patient person. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I want it all, and I want it all now. Give it now, no. <laughs> I guess I'm much more Veruca Salt than <laughs> I. My I don't have any patience just simply because. Like, if there's something I want or need, I will forget by the time. Like, if it's, you know, if, I, if it takes time to get whatever it is, I will literally just forget about it. And then there's no point in getting it after. So either <laughs> now or never, that's it. That's so funny. Because um, for me, I'll just, like, set my eyes on something. I'm like, I know I can work hard and get that. So, like, I want it. And that becomes my, like, <clears throat> my new focus, my new thing. <laughs> That's, that's, that's very valid. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I actually really did enjoy this story as well. I think so often, as Rachel said, we get stories where it's just like, oh, it's my just God, a downer like, the whole roll, time. I roll, I oh roll. My God, how could this be so <laughs> terrible? Like, man, we, yeah. we just usually have very sad episodes. Mm-hmm. They're very sad. <laughs> but I do. Yeah, the the parallel of um, that there's different versions of this and mm-hmm. it's always up to the woman to fix it that mm-hmm. that still feels very like relevant mm-hmm. very real in yeah. kind of a yeah. lot of um things you know i actually even when you look at like communities coming together right now and everything that we're mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of times it's women leading the charge yeah. if it has to do with talking about emotions and feelings and that's still mm-hmm. something that's mm-hmm. like so gendered and mm-hmm. I really yeah. hope that yeah. we can continue to work past that because men and boys have emotions too and we all need to know how to communicate yeah and I wonder if if this was reversed so she had the son 
would the husband be going to? So I think there's two levels here, yes. right? The first level is she's a stranger coming into a family and I understand she wants to try hard and, and it's a, it's a kid. So like, you know, that's mm-hmm. not, that's like, I completely get that from her viewpoint, but the story chose to use a woman. So I wonder mm-hmm. about that a lot. Um, like whether or not that is something that, uh, well, to me, it feels gendered, right? It feels like it wouldn't work necessarily yeah. with her husband. I, I wonder what you thought about that. So I would like to just like clarify before that this is again, one of my favorite folk tales and I do love it very much. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily an issue that it like the woman is the person who is um, tasked with this, but I do think it wouldn't work mm-hmm. or it wouldn't have been told if it was a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just something worth noting. It, um, it's not like, you know, good or bad. It's just, that's, kind of just like the way that we view women is mm-hmm. they are the peacemakers. They are the ones that are tasked with fixing things. Totally. Um, and I think that's why this wouldn't work if the story was um, like, this is a stepfather and he was coming into the family. Um, because I think as women, we are taught um, it is our job to fix things. Because we are the ones that are like the homemakers, the mothers, the maternal figures. Um, and I just think that's not something that's kind of pushed or expected of men, like pushed on men. Totally. Um, which is why that this, like, this story would only work for like, a woman, from a woman's perspective. Yeah. And I think that's kind of interesting. Sorry, actually, cut that, Erin. <laughs> Real quick, um, one thing, Victoria, I listened to one of our mm. past podcasts, or I guess maybe, Erin, you can leave this in, but I'm really working, trying to work on saying, <laughs> that's interesting. As my segue, <laughs> I say it way too much, so I apologize to the listeners. Um, anyways, it is interesting. But <laughs> what I mean is, um, as you were talking about that, you know, one of my thoughts as well is, um, does her husband know she's doing this does her husband know she's feeling this way Mm -hmm. like what's he doing to try to help is he talking to his son and you know I mean not saying hey go give her a hug but like what what's he doing Mm -hmm. to help and obviously you know in um, in the oral tradition of telling these folklore they have to be short and succinct and Mm -hmm. you can't get into all those details so maybe it's just Mm -hmm. something we don't know but my expert my thought is that that wasn't happening, you know, yeah. as we're saying that no, it, was, yeah. it was on her. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also, would, if this was like a little girl, I was just thinking, like, would would she be, like, okay if she just, you know, kind of uh, wasn't talking to the, yeah. the new, you know, yeah, spouse? Like, if it was a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Would she be allowed to like, be disdainful? Yes. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Growing up, I remember, like, my, my little cousins were boys, like, uh, when my family came over, like they wouldn't be, you know, made to come talk to like the family, but you know, me and like my, like my like little female cousins, like when, like us, we all had to, you know, help at the table, talk to the, the aunts and the uncles, even if we like didn't want to, like totally. we didn't have a choice. Oh my so God. Did you I just, just, yeah. Did you get stuck yeah. with the dishes too, Victoria? <laughs> That's oh all I God, can remember. Yeah. Is like... ser- I just remember serving like, go get the tea, go get the, this, mm. that, the other, like, help to the table and you know talk to your your family your aunts your uncles like whatever like even if i didn't want to i didn't have a choice right you know 
that not that I, you know, have a problem with my family. It's just like, no, know, totally. Kid, but and, those are different expectations exactly. on men and mm-hmm. girls on men and women from such a young mm-hmm. age. Cause, and it's funny that all of us are nodding our heads. I mean, everybody can't see it, but me, Rachel and you, <laughs> that we had the same experience. We all grew up yeah. in very different places, yes. but as females, that expectation of, you know, holidays, family gatherings, go give mm-hmm. your uncle so-and-so a hug, go do this. And yeah. it's like, the boys didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They can go play. They can do whatever they want. And like the women were expected to go do, you know, do what they had to do. They were, they were the ones with expectations, whereas the men didn't have any of those. Totally. And again, these aren't like big things, um, but you just start, kind of like notice them, like slight little details that you notice as a woman, because if you were in the opposite position, you wouldn't have to deal with any of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they all start and, to add up, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter exactly. how small it might be, it's like, well, mm-hmm. if everything is so different and based on gender. Mm-hmm. I mean, we start literally from gender reveal parties. Yes, like people those. are already yeah. thinking and expecting <laughs> like what an unborn child should be mm-hmm. and will be. And yeah. it's like, it's so oh, wild. Yeah. How do we get past that exactly. as society, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, so, go ahead. sorry. No, no, you go first to go, go. Oh, I was just, cause I was just thinking like, I know how um, like much my, my parents focused on like making sure that I was polite to like strangers and stuff. Yes. So even if this like little boy, let's say like wasn't, you know, like this was like family. So I guess not a stranger, but like, I just can't imagine like somebody coming up to me as a kid, me like turning around, not even looking at them if I didn't have to, like th- just like the disrespect to any adult to like look away if, or like not, you know, acknowledge them. I was taught growing up, like any adult or any person, honestly, like when they enter the room, you say hello, you say good morning, like whatever. Even if I don't like them, you know, the the basic greeting, that's like the basic, you know, being polite. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like imagining the little boy, like with his like nose upturned, like looking away from like his stepmother. That's just not something that, you know, I think I was, you know, taught to be able to do. And I'm assuming that's how it was for many of those little girls, like politeness is kind of, taught to us at such a young age so well and it's interesting you know, too it's, because I don't know that necessarily it was taught to him but yeah to your point like it is taught to yeah. girls that's an extra mm-hmm, thing that's exactly. taught like he mm-hmm. was just given and afforded to be and react how he exactly. wanted because mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. additional expectation wasn't put on him and I think there's so many of those even just the expectation for women on motherhood on nurturing on caregiving like all of those things don't have to happen no but it is Mm -hmm. the general expectation or pressure put and you see so it's interesting you said the version with the witch but you do see that dichotomy right in like very stark view um, in mm-hmm. this case, like the witch, I assume is because uh, we we told the story about the um, like not not a witch, right? It was a male um, a doctor, yeah, doctor, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that Wait, did they ever say it was a male? Or are we assuming it was a male? Cause oh man, <laughs> did we just? <laughs> no, it said he. It said he. Okay, yeah, okay. there was there was a You're there was right, a pronoun there. there. Yeah, there was definitely a pronoun there. I was like, oh no, cut this all out, Aaron. Um, <laughs> I do think like. It's interesting that in your in the version you knew, she, there was a witch, and the witch was benevolent, right? Trying to teach her mm-hmm. a lesson of morality and patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in the case, like it kind of bothered me that the doctor was male 
in this in this case because yeah, I've like, never read that version. Yeah. Also, like you're gonna make her do this for three months when she could be focusing on her stepson. Like, <laughs> I just feel like this was like it was like this did not pass IRB. You know what I mean? Like there is nobody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this oversight of this doctor saying like <laughs> like psychologists are just like wringing their hands in the air because it's like you know he could have just told her or been like hey how's it going after a month but like three months yeah. like I don't no, no wait six months God, and how much did she spend on months. all that meat like I you know oh like, my what God, if, what if she just really let her go you know yeah. he was like here's an idea and like oh my goodness I don't know I just feel like it, it really it also really upset me because in some ways it felt like mansplaining but in a very like, oh my god very dangerous dangerous way, way. <laughs> like a really terrible way like i know better and this is what i've been trying to teach you for three fucking months like oh my god this poor lady like she's just like trying to figure out how to manage her her family i love that you brought that up because it brings me back to communication and how i think men and women are trained to solve things differently like we hear it in these stories i think we still see it in society to a certain degree not with everyone but to your point of like why didn't he just tell her i think you know if it was well i guess in the version of the witch she didn't tell her either so i don't know but it's like i imagine (laughs) if a friend was going through that we would talk about it i would never tell them like go stand in the middle of traffic for six months (laughs) like you know i would never put their life tell me that last week when we were having that discussion well, that was different <laughs> oh, Rachel. Okay, okay. i've been doing it weekly like you told me every tuesday nine to five i'm there you need to actually keep that up for okay. two more months I'm, I'm on it i'm on it but no i think that's very interesting too is that the, the three month span like i think what the is serves is like an illustration of the point right like an exclamation mm-hmm. on the point but uh it's actually kind of damaging because now she's lost three months with her son that she could have been yeah. really like working on that and maybe it was like you know maybe you you do it for a couple weeks or you know like maybe yeah. there's a nice little like i don't know like a midpoint here but it was it was very much like you got to do this and then hey it's just for me to illustrate a point it's like those annoying movies that like see i was right yeah exactly (laughs) god it's like two hours of a movie so that they could make one small point at the end and you're like why exactly you know like why did i why did i spend two hours she spent three months so i feel really bad for her but yeah Yeah. i don't know it shows like again like a woman's time isn't isn't worth the the lesson oh my god just like we're smart enough you can just say be patient we're like oh cool okay that would have been fine (laughs) Um, right. Or let me here. let me teach you how to make a really cool hot chocolate for your son. Or let me teach you how to do like something really fun. Right. Like find out what he, he enjoys. Yeah. Find out like here's some great ways to connect, yeah. you know. But oh man. Um I also would love real quick to kind of talk about maybe like the meaning of the lion. Yes. I don't know if either of you had any thoughts there. I actually I thought it was really interesting. So I was talking to um my roommate about this earlier, like about the story and um the first thing that, um, like, um, they mentioned was the fact that the doctor was saying to treat the little boy as a, like as an animal because like the lion, you know, you're you're, you're it's an animal you can't communicate with it, um, and she takes three months to to get the whisker and he the first thing he said was like why is why is um, she being told to, to to approach him as if he was an animal, mm-hmm. um, which I thought this was very interesting. I don't know that I'd mentioned that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. That is interesting. Is like, it's, which I think takes 
Okay. I, I almost thought of him as two separate things, the lesson, and I wasn't really thinking mm-hmm. of who the boy was in the lesson, well, but I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it kind of yeah. serves that um, that way that we view men, which I think is also really damaging for them, is like they just want, I mean, this is a boy, so this doesn't count, but I'm just saying like men want sex, they want to be violent, they want to do, and like, all, like the men yeah. that I know and that I love they don't want yeah. to do that, right? So it's this like very yeah. uh, black and white view of the sexes that I think is really unfair mm-hmm. and just like really, yeah. um, I don't know. I, so I, I that actually tracks with me that they would they would make him seem like a lion because they couldn't yeah. make him seem like a I don't know what's a what's another like an emu, right? He's not going to be <laughs> or like a like a I don't know what's another like a cuddly koala. Yes. A cuddly koala, a deer, a bunny. See, okay, you guys had way. I don't know where emu came from. Yeah, exactly. Those stupid insurance commercials. I think you're right. No. I just. It was so interesting when he said that because it's like it's almost as if it takes agency away from the little boy as well. Mm -hmm. Like instead of you know communicating with him, you know she she's told to like kind of just treat him as if you know like almost trick him like you know approach slowly. Yeah. And then eventually, like, you know, I guess he'll like you. Um, but, like, you know, if it was a little girl, would she just be told, like, you know, talk to her, like, talk about your feelings, like, whatever. You know what I mean? So, again, it's just, like, like very small details that, you know, if you think about it in a different way, just have a completely different meaning. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Totally. Yeah, totally. I hadn't even thought of that. Or, or mm-hmm. yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. That's a great point. I do think the line, though, like, as we see it in the Bible and places like, you know, in, in um, ancient text, it's really connected mm-hmm. to our inner urges. So I think mm-hmm. that like as a symbol, um, you know, I think that's actually pretty beautiful, like that they used a line, yeah. right? This ferocious creature that, and I've saw things about the line that was like, it's courage, it's, you know, it's um, standing up for yourself, mm-hmm. it's all these things. And so it's this uh, kind of this creature of empowerment, which I, I think is very interesting that she has to kind of soothe this beast and maybe it's actually a reflection of her right who knows of like her impatience mm-hmm. and like how she needs to deal with the lion within oh look, there at, you that. Go. look at that yeah kind of she needs to find her own like pride and dignity those are some other things that we were researching that like a lion can mean and like her own strength and wisdom like yep. to essentially trust herself um i think is obviously mm-hmm. you know she had the tools all along I think that's a really nice way to yeah. read it. I like that a lot. It, it makes me happy, and we never get happy here, Victoria. Right. We're always sad. <laughs> so this, is, this is very nice. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's, it's, I I think there's there's so much to like unpack, and like it's not. It's, I don't think the story is like a negative overall. Right. I think there's positive, and uh, I just think there's other things to like look at. But I yeah, I don't think this is a negative story um, in general. I think that this is yeah. so overall like a, a beautiful story of. Um, like patience and family and even though it's you know you can critique it from um just like the gendered i guess the binary thinking of it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's not like still a beautiful story about courage about mm-hmm. you know um being able to solve you know your problems without help from others i think um, we should tell the the other yeah. version that we're going to make up where the where it's a, a single woman that falls in love with a man and now he has to go to the doctor just saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We just yeah. start telling that version. Folklore is very much not well, the folklore flip. We've been that's talking right. about that <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I do think it'd be fun to kind of just flip the script on some of these stories and see mm-hmm. how much it changes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
Um, but I, I do like before before we wrap up or anything, I, I did want to just talk about the other variations that we found. Yeah. So I mentioned them a little bit. Um, that one is that um, one variation, it's a woman trying to fix a relationship um, with her husband who she's been estranged from. This The one that we told was connection with the stepson and mm-hmm. another, this is a really cool one, with her mother-in-law. That is interesting. And I think the mother-in-law one would have been very interesting. Um, Yeah. But I I don't know what you thought, if if you had heard any of those other versions or any thoughts on those versions. I I, know I haven't heard those versions, but I think that would give each each of those different versions would give a completely different meaning to it, I think. Um, Because I I wouldn't personally um, spend three months on any man um, getting them that like to that that would that no no not for me um, <laughs> maybe so, a lion though right Victoria, Victoria. Ma- maybe, yeah. a lion. maybe a lion maybe a lion that sounds pretty cool uh, to get right. that close to yeah. a lion is the lion's man. gonna like love you afterwards <laughs> yeah, right? like like a little cuddle bug a little lion cuddle bug yeah I think the lion would be more dependable very cool very cuddly uh, a man not so much um, <laughs> um but a mother-in-law, I hadn't thought about that. Um, but I think that's that's also like a very interesting. I think that kind of makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Like um, just kind of with like the the history and the idea of like having that animosity between a woman and her her mother-in-law. This is this would I guess work very well mm-hmm. in that situation well I think it's it's nice to just think of like you insert any relationship right like what Mm -hmm. is the key to any relationship it's like patience it's being consistent it's meeting somebody where they are and you know I think yeah I as I shared earlier I sometimes struggle with being patient because I'm like how can somebody think this way and I'm sure you get that all the time on your Instagram Victoria and like how you know Mm -hmm. having such polarized such a polarized culture right now Um, but I Mm -hmm. do think the best thing we can do is um, I actually got to do a training with the King Foundation Um, so it's run by Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter Dr. Bernice King um, who's Mm -hmm. so intelligent and it was on like how like how to be a nonviolent advocate and part of the training that just really stuck with me that I really appreciated because this is where I struggle was that when somebody has such opposite views as you or does something you know I it's a little harder for me still to grasp when somebody has done something harmful but like let's say that somebody Mm -hmm. just has very different views and you know um thinks uh, anyways, okay, so the, the whole premise is that you're supposed to be able to step back and recognize um, that somebody is a victim of an oppressive system. So like all mm-hmm. of their learning, their environment. And so how can you change that? And how can you connect with somebody? And that feels like tackling a lion. You know me. what I hear? Though? Yeah. You know what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, you really just need to give people steak. <laughs> did i read that wrong is that not the story oh, shoot i did it again darn it honestly three months of steak i think would convince anybody of anything i know right <laughs> except me i hate yeah, she steak, hates steak. <laughs> i'm weird oh my god Mindy hates well steak. what's the alternative for you i don't know maybe chocolate something, right now something it's been nice. this orange mango juice <laughs> i was just telling rachel orange i mango discovered it and i'm obsessed with it all right so everybody Somebody has their gives you orange steak. Steak. Yes. <laughs> No, but yeah, I I just I, you know, since we have a couple more minutes with you, Victoria, just to kind of um, 
I guess, step away from this story and looking at like the modern times and the modern need and, you know, how I think it's so brave that you are able to have this page and put yourself out there and not have to be portrayed as this like peacemaking patient um, (laughs) woman, you know, because we don't all need to be that. Like we need to help share stories, share and like raise our voice. So we so appreciate what you do, but I don't know if you want to just like tell our listeners a little about that or like, um, you know, (laughs) I'm sure that's such a long hefty question, but I guess I'll just open the floor here for you if there's anything that resonates of what I've just said. Um, I, yeah, being a peacemaker has never been something that I've been known for. Um, I've always been, I guess, the antagonist. Um, I grew up, you know, in a very Republican area and I was like in my high school known as like the crazy, like fat feminist. Um, and when I started this page, it was actually because nobody was listening to me um, when I was talking about politics and, you know, people deserving basic human rights. Um, and I needed somewhere to talk about it. So I knew I wasn't going crazy. Um, yeah. And so that's why I started this page. And um, it was really interesting, like having this page, like the, the, the progression of it. Um, but for a really long time, I kind of like, uh, left my my comments open um, and I just spent so much energy arguing with people all yeah. the time um, and it just it just kind of ate my day up um, because I was just like how can you be this wrong and this loud about it um, and I was always like you know just arguing with people in my comments and then um, in March I finally eliminated my comments because I realized like first of all these people aren't worth my, worth my time Second of all, you can't, I think arguing with somebody who isn't listening is not doing anything good except har- you're just harming yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think all I, you know, kind of do now is I say what, what my position is. I talk about my opinions, my beliefs, and like I put it out there for like my followers and people who are actually like here to have a productive conversation. Um, And I, you know, I say my piece and then I go. Yeah. Um, But I love what you said about like people wanting to learn, because I think you're so right. Like, you know, and your information and what you're sharing and amplifying, that does have a trickle effect. Like there might be people who are on the fence or maybe then they're able to take those facts to somebody Mm -hmm. in their life who sees things differently, but is able to listen. Mm -hmm. And just a little about me, I used to work on this project that it's still going. It's really cool. It's called the Better Arguments Project. Um, Mm -hmm. And basically, yeah, there's five principles of a better argument. And one of them is exactly what you said. Like you kind of you have to make sure that the other person is ready to hear you because you cannot Mm -hmm. argue if that's not there. Like there has Mm -hmm. to be room for transformation. um, Exactly. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I recently actually shared um, this this TikTok of a guy saying, don't argue with fascists. Don't argue with conservatives or Trump supporters. Um, Like if somebody's uh, if somebody is not willing to see your humanity and meet you where you are and listen to your argument, then it's not a discussion. It's a waste of time. Um, and I think that's something that I like learned very recently. Um, and definitely has changed my perspective on who I'm giving my time and who I am validating with the discussion. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, I, I mean, self-care, important. we all have to set those boundaries. And, you know, I, I totally hear you and I'm aligned with that. I also, though, and there is a part of me, I mean, I'm very much motivated. I actually work for a company right now called Civic Dinners, where what we do is we bring people together for conversations, for difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. again, those are people who have to choose to come there. So I'm with exactly. you. Like, no, even yeah. My yeah. Instagram is not the same as yours, but I will still get those comments. And you get mm-hmm. people who it's like, okay, they're clearly just here to fight. They're, like, there's yeah. nowhere that they have come here trying to learn or mm-hmm. thinking that we could help yeah. make the world a better place together, which yeah. is what I'm all about. Yeah. If you, if you want to have a discussion, if you don't know what's going on, if you're confused about something and you're asking a question, completely okay, mm-hmm. allowed, encouraged, but you just have to know who wants to have those actual discussions and who is ready for that discussion. And just to bring this all back, they're all the little boy who's just like, I'm not ready. Right? I don't want to see exactly. this right now. Folding their arms, <laughs> looking uh-huh. exactly. Folding their arms, yeah. nose up in the air. So. <laughs> totally. I love that, Rachel. You brought us back. Thank you. Um, but no, Victoria, we're just, we're so inspired by all you, you do. You so we much. loved this story and we really appreciate you being here and spending time, time with us. Mm-hmm. That was so thank fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. All right, great. We'll catch you on the Folklore Flip. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode, but you can always find us on Instagram at Femlore Podcast or visit us online at femlore.com. We love what we do, but we can't do it without you. Your listens, shares, and reviews keep us going, so please tell your friends about us. Femlore is produced by Mindy Scott, Rachel Marr, Aaron Crossland, and Lauren Crossland Marr. Audio engineering and music by Aaron Crossland. Research and coordination by Lauren Crossland Marr. And as always, canine support provided by Andy and Cody. Ow!